Hey everyone, Amber Archer here. Are you looking for an eye-opening, inspiring movie night? Join Mark and I for a captivating evening at Maranatha Glory in Napanee, Indiana, November 11th at 6 p.m. as we delve into the thought-provoking topics of transgenderism through our new movie, Dysphoria. This is your chance to see our latest documentary before it hits the streaming platforms next year. Grab your friends, family, church members, and anyone else who desires to have their eyes opened to the transgender deception targeting the youth in America and around the world. Mark and I will be available for a brief Q&A after the movie. Now's your chance to come out and support local missionaries advancing the kingdom through feature films. Tickets available at dysphoriamovie.com or text the word TICKETS to 80888 for easy access. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective and pursuing truth above all else. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, author, director, speaker, Mark Archer. What would you say? You do here. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. Yay! Yay for another Tuesday episode. What do we do here? (laughs) What would you say you do here? Well, it depends on the day. Today. Best day ever. Best day ever. (laughs) I have, well, we have. Another exciting episode talking about prophecy right? today with my dad. Like we said, we were going to bring him on. So we brought him into our home studio today. That's right. And, um, but before we get to that, I have two brief articles. Okay. The first one, you're not going to believe. Does that have something to do with prophecy? No. Okay. (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, Protesters block drag queen from hosting story hour with children event canceled oh fantastic see what happens when people stand up this is the part that you're really not going to believe okay protesters in san fernando california (laughs) what blocked a drag queen from entering a story time event at a public library good for you california (laughs) resulting in the cancellation of the lgbtq indoctrination event Wait, it was, it was at a public library? It was a public library. All right. San Fernando police were seen trying to escort the drag queen into the event, but protesters managed to prevent the performer from entering the premises while chanting, drag is not for kids. <laughs> Agree 100%. Uh, my son goes to a daycare that's right behind the library here, and I found out what was going on today yesterday so when i asked the lady at the daycare did you know about it she said she did not know they just told her it was going to be a reading they didn't tell her who was going to be here or what kind of reading (laughs) so was the daycare taking the kids over to the public library um you know i don't know i asked too many questions it might have been (laughs) but for that to happen in california yeah is nuts um any other thoughts on that well, just a timeout briefly before we go any further. Uh, and you, you'll probably have to cut this out. But I was just thinking it's no different. It goes both ways, right? You see all of the radical left mm-hmm. come out and protest Christian events. I mean, look at what happened with, you know, Kirk Cameron readings and Riley Gaines going. Mm-hmm. To, it it goes both ways. I mean, we can hey, sit, we can sit here and applaud. Yes, I applaud. And I am glad to see people finally standing up. for righteousness and truth and defending the children. This is what our First Amendment constitutional right is about. It's about protecting the innocent. Help me out because I cannot remember it. Former president. Mm -hmm. And I am so drawing a blank on how this quote even goes. Uh, But it was... The laws are only good for a moral and just society. What is that quote? Um, you know what I'm thinking I, yeah, of? Yeah, I think it was, I want to say it was either Jefferson or... I was, I was going to say Thomas. Thomas Jefferson uh, or Frank. Somebody's listening to this and they're going to just be... Cringing. Cringing because we don't know. <laughs> I'm really sorry. It popped in my mind. I didn't know we were talking about this, but uh, let me... Let me you, you do a I'll, search for I'll it. Google. I'm going to read my next article while you search so that we don't look completely unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
this one, okay, relates to what we are talking about today. A Muslim mob storms airport in Russia's Dagestan in search of Jewish refugees. An airport in the Russian Republic of Dagestan was stormed on Sunday by an angry mob waving Palestinian flags in search of Jewish refugees amid rumors of a plane arriving from Israel. Um, the Islamic locals reportedly sought to hunt down Jews arriving in the Russian-controlled Republic after rumors emerged online of refugees from the Israeli city of Tel Aviv landing at the airport. According to the Times of Israel, a flight from Israel was diverted due to the riots and landed at a different airport, but still faced some riots there as well. Footage on social media and reported on by Russian media outlet Lenta purportedly showed the mob even breaking onto the runway where they went plane by plane checking passports and asking if passengers were Jewish. Mm -hmm. Now, if you click on the link, then we'll put it in the show notes. And watch some of the videos from from Twitter or X, as they call it. Mm -hmm. Not only are they basically ransacking the airport, and and the first question that I asked is, "Where are the police?" Mm -hmm. Right? Because it doesn't. Here's the reality. <laughs> Outnumbered. Yeah, because here's the reality. There are not. A, I don't care what city you live in. There are not enough police to police everyone. They're just. They're just not. Going to what we were just talking about. Laws are for a moral society. Oh, check it out. No, the Constitution, our quote, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. John Adams. John Adams. Okay. So we, we stand corrected. That's, hey, that's okay. It was in there. I just, you know. Right. <laughs> so anyway, you watch this, this video and they... These people, they're they're chanting Allahu Akbar, mm -hmm. and they're running rampant all over this airport. There's not a cop in sight, and now, it, and I should say as an aside, so I've been to Russia, and the corruption within law enforcement, military, everything is beyond whatever you can imagine, because it's a godless society. So people just don't care. There, it's not to say that there aren't good cops and good soldiers. But by and large, it's like what you saw in Afghanistan when, when we left and the Afghan army just folded and ran for the hills. Mm -hmm. um, so it didn't surprise me entirely to see these, this mob. Um, and there were you know, at least three, 400 that came into this airport and they broke into you know, all the secured areas. Then they, they were out on the airport tarmac. Mm -hmm. These people were getting off the plane and here comes this mob of people. So they made people get back on the plane and they locked the door again. Well, I tell you, it, well, it's been really fascinating because I started um, reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer mm -hmm. and reading about him. If people don't know, he was a German pastor um, during the rise of Hitler mm -hmm. and he was actually, he led a resistance, basically, and was one of the ones who was eventually jailed for assassination attempts. Right. He was part of an assassination plot against Hitler. Right. With some other pastors. Yes. Well, and what's fascinating is he was a well-established pastor, and he was here in the United States on several different times preaching. And what is fascinating is to just read his words and the state of mind that he was in and how he tried so hard to get the church mm -hmm. to stand firm on scripture and not bow down to Hitler. Right. And it just, it was, I hate to say it was a, a fruitless effort <laughs> for the, for the longest time. Yeah. And um, and Hitler kept him in prison to the very end. Mm -hmm. And one of the last things that he did before he allegedly took his own life, this is Hitler, was he ordered the execution of Dietrich Bonhoeffer mm -hmm. in prison. So he, fascinating. He literally was, was executed within hours of the war ending. Mm -hmm. So if you want to read 
a pastor's perspective, I would highly recommend you go research and, and seek out his books because they're really good. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so to that, uh, you know, World War II, of course, they were hunting Jews. And this is what's happening now it, the, this, at this airport. And then there's footage also of the this mob going into a nearby hotel and going door to door in the hotel and demanding to check people's passports for they're hunting Jews. Right. Well, and, and that's what I say. You know, it's, it's Jews today, Christians tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it, people wake up. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's worth, uh, it's worth looking at. Um, it is, it's very scary times that we're living in. So where are the answers in scripture in scripture? And we're going to, uh, take you now to a discussion that we had with, uh, with my dad. If you listened last week, you heard part of uh, one of his Sunday school classes where he was talking about signs of the end of the age. And we thought, you know, this is something that people are really interested in hearing right now. And we know somebody who knows an awful lot about this. Dad's taught about this for 40 years. Or mm -hmm. so. so specifically, if you want to follow along, we're going to be in Matthew 24. And the reason why we decided to, to start there is because that's one of the passages where people tend to go first when mm -hmm. they, when they panic, think that the world's coming to an end, they go, you know, flipping through the Bible and Matthew 24 and most Bibles has a heading that says signs of the end of the age. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, let's start with that. What you're going to find if you haven't studied Matthew 24, if you haven't studied a lot of prophecy is that Matthew 24 is not very much what you think it is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's not about all, uh, what you've probably been led to believe. Mm -hmm. So with that, let's talk to Bill Archer, mm -hmm. the elder. Okay, so here we are with Dad. <laughs> Dad is coming for a Bible study today. Right. So I thought we would start off with um, reading one of the passages that I think a lot of people who don't necessarily, uh, if they're just kind of feeling panicked and they're looking for answers, one of the passages that a lot of people will go to is Matthew 24. And that's because in most Bibles, Matthew 24, the title of it is Signs of the End of the Age. So let me read one through eight, and then you can start explaining some of this to oh, our okay. listeners. Okay, so I'm reading from the NIV. So Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciple came to him privately. Disciples, tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. And it does go on, but for for today, let's start with that. So, do you have any specific questions about that? Um, no, I just always love listening to Dad talk about <laughs> end times prophecy. So, I'm here okay. for the lesson. So, take it away. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, thanks for the privilege of sharing the Word of God. Um, Matthew chapter 24 uh, basically, the, the verses that were just read, verses 1 through 8, are two different events uh, uh, time-wise. Uh, if you look at verses uh, 1 and 2, uh, let's talk about those for a minute. Uh, Jesus left the temple and was going away, and his disciples came to point out to him the building of the temple. So basically, the disciples 
were assuming that Jesus didn't know anything about the temple, which is interesting to, <laughs> to think about it to start with. But they were kind of bragging on the temple because the temple was an absolute magnificent structure. It was just unbelievable. And Jesus uh, responds to them in verse 2. He answered and he said, you see all these? Do you not? Truly, I say to you, there will not be left here one stone on another that will not be thrown down. Now, historians would... Uh, would draw our attention to the fact that when the temple was built, uh, the the stones are massive. Uh, they're they're just, I mean, it takes a crew to move them. And of course, they didn't have modern equipment to do that, but uh, they would just have a crew to do it. And it's recorded that. Uh, for mortar between the stones, they actually used uh, thin sheets of gold uh, that was that was pounded to a very thin level and laid between the stones, and it formed the mortar. So Jesus says, "You see these? There will not be one stone here that uh, on top of another that is not destroyed." Now, that was fulfilled in A.D. 70. Uh, the Romans came back and, and were angry with the Jews, and they not only destroyed the temple, but they destroyed uh, Jerusalem. And they literally tore the temple down one stone block at a time, and they did that in order to get the blood, the uh, gold out. Uh, so it, it is, in AD 70, the literal fulfillment of the first two verses of Matthew chapter 24. Can I, can I interject here, too? So this was actually the second temple, right? The yes. first one was Solomon's temple. Yes. Started as the tabernacle, which was a tent. Correct. Then... Solomon built the first temple. Yes. It was eventually destroyed by the Babylonians. I uh, yeah, history, I think yeah. so, yeah. And then it was rebuilt, and this one was built, the one that we're talking about now was built by Herod, right? For the Jews to kind of pacify them. Uh, it sounds right. I'm not. Uh, I'm not real up on uh, on the history the, before uh, this event. But the temple was relatively new mm -hmm. at the time uh, that this was taking place. Right, and so, um, and not. Don't, I don't want to get too far ahead here because I'm sure this will be weeks down the road. But when we hear them talking about you'll hear in the news them talking about the third temple this is the temple that will be built in in the future but right now that there is no temple because the last temple that was there was this one that jesus was talking about which was torn down by the romans that's correct okay and and there is another one coming and we know that because there are uh prophetic verses that are referencing what happens during the tribulation, and it involves having the temple there. So um, it is reported that the Jews actually have all the material. Uh, stones are cut. Everything is there. Um, and they're just waiting for the right time, uh, and they're going to start rebuilding that temple. And it could be done using modern equipment, um, in a much shorter time than it was originally. And I should point out that, w tell everybody what's what's standing in the way of rebuilding the temple right now. What's there now? <laughs> well, part of it, uh, part of the temple site uh, is the current Dome of the Rock, uh, which is uh, controlled by the Arab nations. And um, that would immediately start... World War Three. If that, uh, if the uh, Israelites did anything to move that, but uh, you know, 
if you look at the rest of this passage, <clears throat> it says that there's going to be earthquakes and so forth, and, and it's been theorized that what will happen is somewhere along the line there will be an earthquake that destroys uh, the Dome of the Rock and clears the path so the Jews are able to rebuild without, they, they can say, well, we didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that, you know, there's nothing in Scripture that confirms that or denies it. It's just a good theory. Right. Sounds right. <laughs> so the Dome of the Rock is a is an Islamic mosque, and this, this whole everything that's happening in Israel right now is all about Islam and Judaism at war, right? Yep. So yep. it would be an issue. <laughs> Did you have anything? <laughs> okay, all right, go ahead. Okay, so after uh, verse two, uh, that that is is history. It was prophetic at the time that Jesus gave it, um, which was approximately A.D. 33. And at A.D. 70, uh, this was fulfilled. So there's a, a gap prophetically between verse two, 1 and 2 and verse 3. And there's also a different uh, audience here. If you'll notice... Uh, the first time in chapter 24, verse 1, it's the disciples. So that is a group, um, a fairly large group of his disciples, not necessarily just the 12. Um, it, could be, it could have been larger than that. But when you start in verse 3, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the, the disciples came to him privately saying, and, and this is a private meeting, so it's in all likelihood it's a reduced group involved, and it's a private. So it was not uh, compared to the first two verses. It was not uh, quote public. And the disciples came and they asked him three questions, and um, the questions. You, you must keep the questions in mind as you go through chapter 24 because Jesus answers them, and he answers them more or less in the same order that they uh, pose them to them. So they said, tell us, when will these things be? And so that question is, when will these things be, is referring back to uh, verses 1 and 2. They they had just heard that the temple was going to be torn down. And, you know, to them, that was almost inconceivable. Uh, this structure took them 40 years, I think, to build. And it, it was like, what? How is this? So the first question is, when will these things be? And... What will be the sign of your coming? So they knew Jesus had already taught that, that he was coming back. So their next question is, okay, tell us when these things are going to happen, and what will be the sign of your coming? And they're not asking when he's coming. They're asking for the sign when he is coming. And the, then the third question is, and what is uh, the sign of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, verse 4. So he begins to answer uh, the questions that they had just laid down. And his first comment is, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. So that's, the, that's his first warning, if you will, to them. And this, by the way, is, is not, any, not a description of A.D. 70. This is a description of what's going to happen toward the end times. I have a question. So could we, could we say... And observe that those 
leading others astray? Is it necessarily, we're not just speaking about pastors, the ideological education that's infiltrated so many of the schools, is that that leading people astray? Well, that's a very good uh, question, and the answer is if you if you look at that verse, uh, verse five, um, Jesus does not identify, you know, and say they're pastors or teachers, they're uh, educators or whatever. He, his description is for many will come. So I would assume from that statement that. There's, there's going to be people that are just going to rise up. Uh, they're just going to suddenly be in the news, and they're going, to, they're going to be saying exactly what he says there, saying, I am the Christ. Uh, so there are going to be, and the reason why that is going to happen as we go through the rest of this chapter is because there are going to be things that are that are happening in the in the world at that point that are so unusual and mm-hmm. so powerful that everybody is going to say this has got to be the Christ that's doing it and so satan will immediately uh, supply the person to say that mm-hmm. and if so, it says here there's going to be many. Um, for many will come in my name, <clears throat> saying, I am the Christ, mm-hmm. and they will lead many astray. So, there's going to be a lot of people. Um, other scripture says that Satan has the power to give signs and wonders, and so he is going to. Uh, provide th- uh, things that are so real and so impossible by human standards that when they make a claim and say, I am the Christ, there's going to be people that are going to say, hey, he must be. That's got to be right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the beginning uh, of the the end that, are, that they ask about. And it's going to be people that are going to claim to be Christ, and of course, they are not. They are false. Is it? You think it's because Satan is such such the counterfeiter? Um, so it's possible we would see things like uh, Satan empowering signs and wonders that look like, you know, biblical absolute miracles. Absolutely. I, Satan is, uh, he's a deceiver and he's an imitator. There's uh, Satan, uh, somebody has, has indicated that Satan doesn't have an original thought. Uh, he, what he does is he duplicates, imitates uh, the things that Christ did on this earth in order to convince people that he is indeed the Christ. Mm-hmm. I've I've read um, accounts from people who have been deeply embedded into the occult, and over and over they say the same thing that that Satan and his demons have the power to appear as beings of light and also to heal, and you know they're just imitators, right? Yep. But they're when when they do things like that, it's always a a deception, uh, and or the bargain is that you're selling your soul to to Satan for for that miracle. But yeah, yes. Okay, moving on from that. Um, so then, verse six. This is, of course, the one that I think everybody right now is looking at. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. So (laughs) take it away on that. See, (laughs) wars and rumors of wars. And, of course, that has been true even from the time 
that Jesus was here, uh, clear back in A.D. 30. There were wars and rumors of wars, and as it's that's just the way this is. So that is the fact that there's wars and rumors of wars is not in and of itself a sign. It's just an indication that things are just continuing on the way they have been. There's wars and r- rumors of wars, and Jesus says, "See, see that you're not alarmed, for this must take place." Uh, see that you are not alarmed. So, and then he says, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. And that's a description of, let's say, the nation of France and the nation of Germany or whatever. I mean, I just picked out two. It's, the, it's a nation against nation. And the next part is a kingdom against kingdom. And that is generally a description of a group, uh, not not a nation, but a group that are perhaps aligned religiously. Perhaps they're um, Arabic. Perhaps they're uh, from Africa. So perhaps they're from Australia. You know, and they have their own ethnic group. So. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Uh, perhaps uh, just on the basis of the color of your skin. Or, just speaking of religious groups, or perhaps Muslims against Jews. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Muslims against Jews is absolutely falls into that category of kingdom against kingdom. And uh, to finish out uh, that sentence, there's uh, going to be also famines. And we have famines, we've had famines periodically uh, and, and around the world, different nations at different times uh, are in a state of famines. But it also says there's going to be earthquakes in various places. And if you, <clears throat> if you uh, would look, uh, do a Google search and just ask for uh, the number of earthquakes, uh, Google at one time had a graph of the number of earthquakes worldwide as a function of time. And the and that graph is just it starts out low and it just starts going up, and the number of earthquakes worldwide is increasing as time goes on. And what this verse says is all these are but the beginning of birth pains, and of course, uh, birth pains. Everybody knows that birth pains start out relatively mild and then just periodically they just get more frequent and more intense. And that's what Jesus is saying about the wars, rumors of wars, famines and earthquakes. All these are just the beginning of birth pains. They're just going to start mild, but boy, they're going to really kick up. So the the question that I can hear people asking is, give birth to what? <laughs> is that a, is, am I leaping ahead of too many lessons here? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> well, just a, a short answer. the The birth pains are are going to give birth to the uh, coming of Christ. And okay. so that's that's what this is all leading up to. It's very powerful, very powerful, and, and it's well done. It uh, covers a broad range of problems that we have today in the world. I think that it's something that everybody needs to see. I was shocked by CPS being involved, and I was shocked by the secrecy uh, uh, you know, keeping the secrets from the parents of what the, the children are being told and what they're being taught. 
and not being made aware of it and secretly indoctrinating these kids uh, is absolutely shocking. It's absolutely horrible, and it needs to stop. I was shocked. A lot of different things are pulling together. I don't think the, the expanse of how bad it is, people don't know about it. All of the different elements of what's happening in the world today, somehow you pulled it to within two hours and 15 minutes. What stood out against uh, to me is um, I've, I've been watching uh, Klaus, the World uh, Economic Forum, uh, the Great Reset. I see that thing coming like crazy, but I didn't realize the association with dysphoria. And it's important to see that this thing has been in, inculcated into the school system and that it is now in place. It's not coming, it's in place. You think, oh, that can't be going on. And, and the more I watched it, I thought, this is exactly what's going on. Okay, so let me continue here then. Uh, 9 through 14. This is still Jesus talking. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. This is the happy-go-lucky section, right? And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So, <laughs> I know that's a that's a very thick paragraph. It, Take it, it away. Is, it, it is. It's very difficult. Uh, for the first time in verse 9 in this passage, it says they will deliver you up to tribulation. And tribulation in the scriptures has, uh, has a unique um, flavor um, because there are... Um, there are so many passages, even in the Old Testament, that talk about a time of tribulation. Uh, it is also described as the time of Jacob's trouble, uh, which is a reference uh, specifically to the nation of Israel. So we remember that Jesus here in Matthew 24 is talking to a small select group of the disciples. They're all Jews. Everyone, uh, of course, including the Lord Jesus. So when he says they're going to deliver you up to tribulation, he's talking about the, about the Jewish nation. They're going to deliver uh, the Jews up to tribulation, and it's going to be the next stage of the birth pains. So this is one to pause here because you said this in your lesson last week, reinforcing that the church is not Israel. The church. And Israel is not the church. Exactly. So when Christians or people who are uh, just, you know, freaking out and looking for answers, who are maybe being drawn by the Spirit, um, when they look at this passage, I, I know a lot of people read that and they think that means... That means us Christians in America, right? That's what they think. But that's not it. There is, um, first of all, we, we need to talk about the word tribulation. Everybody, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. And that applies <clears throat> to everybody. I mean, there's just no way you can miss it. Um, tribulation can be health issues. It can be... Um, whatever it is, it's tribulation. But then there is the tribulation. And the tribulation is a time, a worldwide event that is focused on the nation of Israel. The church is not involved in that. And the tribulation has is basically divided in two parts. It's a seven-year time span uh, Daniel chapter 9 describes that and tells us specifically that it's a, a seven-year time span. And in the, in the exact middle of that seven-year time span, 
the, the tribulation becomes the great tribulation. The last half of the seven years, three and a half years, is the great tribulation. And that tribulation is described even later in Matthew chapter 24. Uh, it's described in great detail in the book of the Revelation. And it's nasty. And, and I would just say to anybody who's listening, when you read those verses, read those passages about the tribulation and the great tribulation, the only thing you can say is, help. I want, I want out of this. And the only way you can get out of this is to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You must come to him, recognize who he is. He is King of kings, Lord of lords, and he alone can save your soul. You need to confess your sins. You need to call on him and say, Lord, I have sinned. I am a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me and give me eternal life. And the scripture says, if you do that, he promises to do what you ask. He will give you salvation. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And should we come to this point in time, he will take you out before this tribulation starts. And you will never see the tribulation that's talked about as the tribulation or the uh, final tribulation. So it's the ultimate opt-out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is the ultimate opt-out. Uh, and and <laughs> that's a very good way to say it. It's the ultimate opt-out. You, if you want to opt-out of eternal hell... Um, and, and by the way, the Great Tribulation is absolutely horrible. But if you compare that with the eternal judgment that will fall on anybody and everybody who has not trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior, it's a, it's a walk in a park. Eternal hell is unbelievable. Call on the Lord to save you because you don't want to get into that. And so, uh, where were we? The nine? Hey, you would uh, be handed over? Well, yeah. And then, and verse, um, well, in verse nine, it says, You will be hated by all nations. And I, that's an interesting statement <clears throat> because. Uh, for those who are listening today who are part of the United States, you understand that the United States has stood with Israel ever since Israel was uh, in, in this age has become a nation. The United States has stood firmly with Israel. And yet this verse says... If you look at verse 9, it says, you will be hated by all nations. And that includes the United States. So I don't know. All I can say, and all I'm going to say, is that the support that the United States has for Israel is under attack. You can see it. It's under attack in Congress and the Senate. It's under attack in, in all aspects. People are charging and saying, you know, we, we're wasting money supporting Israel. I don't know if this is a fulfillment or not. We, we won't know until we see what keeps happening. But I can tell you myself, uh, in all the years that I have been on this planet, I have never seen a time when support for Israel was more under attack than it is. Anti-Semitism is just exploding. And of course, that's because, as it says in Ephesians chapter 6, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against people. We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of, of darkness, angels, Satan and all of his fallen angels. So the Lord says, I'm going to give them more and more power as time progresses. Uh, 
And we would all stand back and say, wait, 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 why, why are you doing that? And the answer is, he has a plan and it all unfolds, including this tribulation period. But then you look at this verse in verse 9, you will be hated by all nations. So that means somewhere out there in the future, the United States is going to cease supporting Israel. And you go all the way back to Genesis, I believe Genesis 15, and the Lord says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. So I believe that one of the reasons why the United States has the amount of peacefulness and safety and and blessings that we have is because we have supported Israel. And I, for one, don't want to be around when we when we pull the plug and say we're not going to support Israel anymore. But this verse says it's going to happen. Right. So to, to, to reinforce then, verse 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and will be hated by all nations because of me. He's talking to Jews. Israel. <laughs> He's talking right. to the He's Jews. talking to Israel. This is not Jesus talking about the church. No church. No church. Uh, and... That's it's a good thing to emphasize. If I had to, if I had to talk to uh, a person and give them one thing that they need to understand when they come to the Bible and read the Bible in terms of uh, prophecy, and and believe me, that's uh, I think it. Um, people have run this up and, and have figured that one out of every three verses in the whole Bible is prophetic. Mm. Wow. So if you, I mean, some of it is prophetic and already been fulfilled, but there's a bunch of it that's prophetic and hasn't be ful- been fulfilled. So uh, if you're going to read the Bible, you're going to run across prophetic prophecy no matter uh, what you do you'd have to you'd have to go out of your way to skip it but the my point is that the if you have one thing that you have to make sure you have right it's this the church is not Israel and Israel is not the church there are people out there that teach that the church has become Israel. That God has has given up on Israel. He has uh, he has said, "You have you have violated me. You have been so bad that I'm going to replace you, and I replace you with the church." That is not true. Just mark it down. That is a false teaching. Israel is going to be as a nation. Israel is going to be alive and not necessarily well, but they're going to be alive. They're going to be in existence during the tribulation period, that last seven-year span, and the church is not there. The church has been raptured, taken out of the picture. So we live in the church age, and... The church is going to be raptured out of this world before this all this terrible tribulation starts, but Israel is going through it. So, in which you did a fabulous job on last week's podcast, and I'll leave a link for you guys because you don't want to miss it if you didn't go back and go through the study and re- look at the graphs. You can see what we're talking about here with the rapture of the church and then the beginning of the tribulation. Yes. <laughs> yes, the, the chart yes. is the chart is essential. Well, it's hard to understand without seeing it. Um okay, so um many okay, at that time many will turn away from the faith uh and will hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Um speak to those well that's what's that's one of the things that uh is going to proceed it's kind of 
It's it's like the birth pains. It goes from relatively mild, and then it just keeps increasing. And so as you go along, um, it starts out in verse ten, and many will fall away. That means there are many that that are saved, or perhaps they're not really saved. Uh, even in Israel, they're going to fall away. They're going to they're going to stop. Uh, professing who they are, and that's what fall away means. Uh, they fall away and betray one another, and they hate one another. And it just, I mean, this is just wickedness taking hold and just spreading. Um, many false prophets will arise. Uh, a false prophet is uh, somebody who stands up and says, this is going to happen Thus saith the Lord, and he's lying, and it and it doesn't happen. And by the way, uh, in the Old Testament, if if there somebody did that, if they stood up and said, "Thus the Lord says this is going to happen," thus saith the Lord, and it doesn't happen, you're to stone them. Mm-hmm. And so. This is this is a description of what's going to be happening here. Many false prophets will arise, and they're going to lead many astray. And and because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. In other words, people that that at the beginning of this period would would love each other. They would love their family. They would love they would love the their neighbors. They would just care for one another they're, it's just gonna they're just gonna fall apart they're gonna come to the point where they're gonna they're gonna betray one another and, and by that I take it to mean that uh, the government at this time is going to say you know these people are our enemies and they need to be destroyed and if you know who anybody that is you let us know and we'll get them and wait, I have to interject here just for a moment, because we kind of saw that during the covid and they were they were even paying people to turn their neighbors in who were not following the guidelines. Yep. So yep. is that just the beginnings of what really will will probably happen? That's basically that's exactly what it says here is that. People are going to betray one another. They're they're going to turn each other in, and um, it, it's just going to be a terrible time. And verse twelve says lawlessness will be increased. Gee, we don't see that this, <laughs> do we? I mean, well, little, we don't. Is, <laughs> everything is lawless. Now. Everything is lawless, and it is increasing. And the love of many will grow cold. Uh, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And by the way, there's an interesting uh, point to this. Um, There are uh, much of the modern missions, and I support missions. I I really do. I support missionaries. So this this is not attacking missionaries, but it is attacking their interpretation of this verse. Missions often say that as soon as we get the the gospel to all nations, the Lord is going to come. That's not what this verse says. What this verse says is this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. And that is fulfilled in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, it just says toward the end, it says that there's an angel that is dispatched from heaven and, and in fact, circles the whole globe, proclaiming the gospel in every language to every nation. And right after that, the end comes. That's the fulfillment of this verse. That's what he's talking about here. I have, and I have read even recently a book that he spends most of the book. I think I let you read it. They spend most of the book making the case 
for this is why once once we get out in the the last person is reached yeah it has to be interpreted into the last language and yep. once that's done then that triggers it and then the end will come and that's that's their whole yeah, yeah. and that's a, such a good point that that's not what this is talking about it it's the the thing about it is it's kind of true but it's not true right <laughs> it's not true the way they're using it um but i want to be sure to say that I absolutely support missions. I support reaching out as much as possible. Uh, I, I appreciate and love people that have the calling to go into missions and are go to places around the world. I absolutely support that. I just don't support this statement. So I think to, to wrap this discussion up because there's a lot more that we can, can talk about. So you can write down your questions and you can email them to fearlessfeatures.org <laughs> forward slash contact <laughs> so that we can present them <laughs> at our next discussion next week. But uh, what well, I want to if he agrees to come back on. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. we know where we know where he lives. <laughs> we can go and abduct him. <laughs> Lawless, lawlessness. <laughs> well, this so this Lawless. is this is one of the things that I wanted to add was that when we see um, the the increase of lawlessness, and we see this everywhere now. You know, prime example is um, ignoring your own laws as a as a nation, right? So the Supreme Court strikes down. A law that I just saw this California, for example, they're famous for this. They had some law that they passed that was clearly unconstitutional. The Supreme Court slapped them and said unconstitutional, can't do that. And they ignore it and they do it anyway. Mm -hmm. That's an example of lawlessness. Mm -hmm. We don't care what you say. We're going to do what we want. Um, But the thing that I wanted to end with here was we hear this all the time. That, you know, something and something and something is going to happen. And then when we do that, then that triggers like like we have some kind of control magic trip cord where (laughs) we have to if we do these things, we can force the hand of God to (laughs) to do something. Right. Yep. Not true. Not true. (laughs) Not true in any way. God has. This planned, everything will happen according to his schedule. But the fact is, if you look at the things that are happening in the world today, it it is not a big step to see how it could happen to, to start fulfilling these things literally. I mean, it's so close. I've never seen it. Uh, I mean, I, we've seen part of part of this. For instance, we've seen times when there were earthquakes and famines, but during that time, the United States is full full bore supporting Israel. So you know these things aren't really being fulfilled. There's a there's a major issue, but today when you look at it, you look at all these things that are in here, and you say, hmm. Most of these are fulfilled already. Mm-hmm. So this is a small step from where we are today to this. So you need to just get yourself ready because the time is short. Well, we're talking about in times and and dad was just saying that, you know, it's never been so close yet. There are glimpses, little shiny glimpses of hope yes. that continue to pop up. And again, it's it's all on the Lord's timetable and not ours. The Lord has, has very often, uh, if as you go through the scriptures and look at all the events that that are recorded, very much the standard is that God allows things to get so bad that people are just in despair, and then he acts. And the re- and one of the reasons for that is 
because we are so arrogant that if he did it while things were just sort of bad, they'd say, well, we worked our way out of that. And they they would totally uh, dismiss God from the equation. But if it gets so bad that they just throw up their arms and say, you know, I don't see a way out of this, when he does act, then they say, uh, well, that's the hand of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's looking for. So these things are going to get worse. They're going to get worse and worse and worse. And in, that, and in fact, the scripture says that specifically. Things are going to get worse and worse. Cheer up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with that, we will wrap up this discussion and we will come back again next week so send us questions we're going to continue i think going through matthew 24 and this is going to go on and on i'm sure because there's so much here we haven't even scratched the surface okay so that wraps up this week's study i hope that you have been able to follow along and uh if again if you have questions that you want to uh, uh put forward to ask we'll have dad back again next week and we're going to keep going through more and we're only just barely scratching the surface on this you can't you can't truly understand even things like matthew 24 unless you really understand the whole of end times prophecy and so there's an awful lot more that goes into it if you want to jump ahead you can go to his website timelesstruthfortoday.com and you can find bunches of material in Mm -hmm. there and you can listen to recordings of the classes through the years. Uh, This is just what the Lord has given him a gift to do. And we've been fortunate to grow up spiritually together under his teaching. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's all that I have. That's right. That's all the time we have for today, friends. Thanks for listening through to the end and be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and share this with your family and friends. Until next time, march on saints and be filled with the spirit. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. 